0: You may have heard me say the word Salmonisms before. Well, the man himself is here. It's Rick Salmon on Behind the Shot. Hi, as always, welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazel, your host, and this is the show where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion and all those stories and challenges that happen in between. Before we actually get into our guest today on the show today, just a quick reminder for you coming up now that it's 2021. By the way, Happy New Year to you. If I haven't said that before, uh, now that it's 2021, I want to let you know that I've got this class coming up at uh, Princeton Photo Workshops, and it's going to be in April. It's an hour and a half a session, three consecutive sessions, one per week in the month of April. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I really, really seriously hope that you will join me for that. It's the challenges of low light action photography. Uh, it's easy to find too. If you want to, it's just Princeton For today's show, as with every show, The show notes are at BehindTheShot.tv. If you head on over there, you will find a little blurb that I've written on my guest, and I've written so many blurbs on, on Rick Salmon, it's amazing, and a small gallery of Rick's work. Again, if you haven't seen Rick's work, where have you been? Which brings
1: us to my guest, Mr. Rick Salmon. How are you, my friend? Well, Happy New Year! I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, I was really excited. I was really excited when I heard about your workshop at Princeton because you're an amazing photographer, an amazing teacher. But then I was super disappointed because you're going to be doing it online, and you're not going to be like you're not going to be like an hour and a half from my house. But hopefully, my friends, sometime you have are they to only here. an hour and a half from you? It's maybe it's a little further. It's not far. Super but, uh, nice people. Super nice super, people over at Princeton
0: Photo Workshop. And yes, it is a live... Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't mention it. It is a live class. I mean, we're interacting yeah. with each other, me and me and the attendees. But it is remote, so you can stay home, stay safe, keep the social distancing, etc. Uh, but we're here about you. You have been on this show. Uh, it's either you or Don Komarechka. I think you're in the lead now on who's been on the show uh, more. Except if you include Don with the critique shows that I do, Yeah. okay, then he's got the lead, but still... Um, and you've been on this show for a number of different reasons. I've known you for years and years now, but there is something about the way that you I'm looking for my words now and, and I should have had all this prepared. There's something about the way that you talk about photography, right? You're, you're a Canon Explorer of light. And I think I've met a lot of them. I think you're kind of the dictionary definition of what that program is because you speak about photography with a passion and 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 a natural language. I don't know if that makes any sense. You you yeah. you talk about and teach photography with this natural passion. How do well, you maintain that over all these years? Well,
1: I th- well, I think I have the passion. I, I know I have the passion, and uh, you know I'm passionate about a lot of things I do. Like you see, my guitars in the back, and I was actually just recording some bass lessons. But I think that uh, you know we have to be motivated, and we have to stay inspired to make good music, good photographs, you know, whatever. So I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, try to have that passion come through, and, and, and it, I, does.
0: I, it, it does, it yeah. does. And and by the way, you're one of the. I know a lot of people who write books too. You're one of
1: the few people I know of that write like you talk. You know, Steve, thank you. A lot of people say that. And, you know, and I do try to write like, I don't try to use big words, you know, and fancy words and stuff like that. Like I don't do the crossword puzzle. If I did the New York Times crossword puzzle, I would probably use fancier words. (laughs) But, you know, who wants to, you know, you know, you know, struggle through like a paragraph or even a sentence and, you know. What and also who wants to read a lot of stuff, you know? So- Well, and new it makes clair-
0: learning difficult if, if it gets, you know, insanely, I don't wanna use the word complex, but if it gets, you know, too cerebral, yeah. at that point, your brain concentration, your learning process is now more deciphering as opposed to absorbing. And your books have that ability to just make it so
1: you can absorb. Well, thank you so much again. And I like to make learning fun. And, you know, I've tried to make learning fun for, you know, since before you were born, because I've been oh, around please. a long time. <laughs> I've tried, but the thing is this, for your listeners and for your viewers, uh, do a search why learning, uh, why making learning fun is so important, because people actually learn better when it's fun. And so this is, and there's numerous articles in New York Times, Psychology Today has a great article Great PDF you could download on why it's so important to make learning fun. The other thing is this I have a sign over my desk. I think I told you before. I'm going to tone it down for your viewers, but it basically says, Don't believe your own. Don't believe your yes. own. Okay, I got you. <laughs> your own PR. Don't believe yeah. your own PR. So these people who write with fans, you know, they're trying to impress somebody. I, my number one thing. Not well. I like one of my number one things is I I try to respect the subject, whether it's a listener, whether it's a reader, whether it's a Buddhist monk in Bhutan, whether it's Bhutan, whether it's the environment in Costa Rica. Respecting the subject is so important. So when I'm writing or or whatever, I'm I'm respecting the subject and say what what, you know, what are they going to think about this sentence? You know, I don't think about it every sentence, but you know, I approach things like what 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 is someone going to think about this.
0: Well, and and, okay, so Rick has had books on composition, pre-visualization, road trip books, like, you know, road trips on Route 66 or whatever. He's had photo books with no photos, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, for example, Photo Quest: Discovering Your Photographic and Artistic Voice, which, and for that matter, Photo Therapy Motivation and Wisdom, Discovering the Power of Pictures. Both of those I'm honored to have a little blurb in. But those are those are the definition of mo- motivational books. Really, there's no pictures, and all of this, all of this knowledge, to me at least. I, I guess you could argue that all the knowledge funnels into the books. But to me, it's all the knowledge of the books, and and consolidating your thought process leads to Kelby One classes. Really, mm-hmm. I, I because I think more than anything. Your in-person, or for that matter, you know what I mean, visual teaching, I think is some of the best. You've got over 20 classes, including a new one, which is really what today is about. You've got a new class on Kelby One called Salmonisms, Speed Learning Advice for Making Awesome Photographs. And I want to just, we're going to dive into that on the picture, (laughs) but I just want the helicopter view for now of what the class is because I quote your Salmonisms all the freaking time. (laughs)
1: Well, actually, I was teaching a workshop, and uh, I like to make learning fun, but I also like to make it quick. So I have all these Salmonisms, like the name of the game is to fill the frame, meaning that if you want an interesting picture, fill the frame. But another Salmonism is negative space is nice. Another one is uh, dead center is uh, deadly. Uh, Another one, one of my favorite technical ones is exposed for the highlights, meaning you don't want the highlights overexposed and washed out. So I'm on a workshop and I'm saying, you know, for over the week, I'm saying, you know, all these different salmonisms like uh, be aware of the background and, you know, see eye to eye and shoot eye to eye. So one of the par- two of the participants, and I give them credit in the class, Mike, my friends, Mike and Lori, they wrote down all my quotes and they gave it to me at the end and they called it Salmonisms. So I think they're only about 12 or, 12 or 15, but now, you know, now I have 52, one for, each week of the, uh, one for each week of the year. But I really thank them for coming up with the term Salmonisms, right? Because if I called the book like quick quotes, it wouldn't be as catchy. Well, so uh, and,
0: But, but and the subtitle Laurie, to me
1: is the key. Right. The Salmonisms is the
0: title and the cute part. okay? Yeah. But the subtitle is the key. Speed learning, because really what these are are bullet points of how to do better
1: photography. in, In the class, do you cover all 52? I cover all 52 in the class and actually there's a, you could download like I think the first uh, 15 or something like that for as a, actually you could, there's a PDF you could download all of them uh, as a quick reminder so you could take it on your, on your iPhone or okay. your iPad or so, when you're in the field, yeah. Reason
0: to join Kelby right there. You 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 have created a, a Facebook page. If people aren't aware of it, I do want to mention it, Phototherapy on Facebook. Go join that group uh, and just, if you don't know Rick, uh, again, Canon Explorer of Light. I'm guessing you probably do, but if you don't, go look up the podcast that he's done, the workshops that he's done, the seminars that he does, or you know has done and uh, and and take it from there. So let's get into this shot because we're gonna talk okay. about some of these salmonisms as we go through. For those of you that uh, are listening on the audio feed, if you're watching on the video, most of this that I'm about to say is kind of a moot point. But if you are watching the video or the audio, do be aware this is a podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, for example, if you prefer it in a podcast app, you can get this in either audio or video format wherever you get your podcasts, right? Spotify, iHeart, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you want to get them, we're there. And if the platform supports video... There are two options when you search for behind the shot, unless there's somebody else using the similar name, <laughs> and that is the regular audio only or the video version. Which we're talking about a photograph, the video version does come in handy for that. So just go search for it, and uh, that'll get you to. If you're watching on YouTube. I would like to ask that you head down to the bottom there, you click the subscribe button, make sure that you click the bell and choose all so that you are notified every time we do something, uh, release a new video, do one of the live critique shows that I do with Don Komoreczka, you know, any anything like that type of stuff. And if you are in a podcast app, please do subscribe there as well. Drop us a star rating, drop us a written review. All of that helps with discoverability and we would appreciate that very, very much if you'd, you know, kind of help us out there. So with that in mind, the shot. This, my friends, is not far from me. I drive by Death Valley every time I go to Las Vegas. This is Death Valley. And I want to try, like I always do for those of you on the audio-only feed, I want to try and describe this shot to you in verbal terms. But if you want to see it, go watch the video version, YouTube or your podcast app, or go look at the photo, which is at the website, behindtheshot.tv. So, and Rick, when we're done with this, I'm going to ask you to tell me if if I summed it up pretty good. So this is the sand dunes of Death Valley. If you've never been to Death Valley, most people think of it as a barren place. When you get out in there, it is far from barren. There are lighting and texture elements everywhere you look. So in this particular case, it is a young lady sitting on sand dunes. The sand dunes S curve back through the shot. In the far distance, we have a little bit of mountains at the like top rule of third and a little blue sky left above them sun clearly over on the right hand side on the mountains so all the lighting stays consistent little bit of blue sky to the left right the mountains are cooler than the dunes that actually to me is a key part of this shot because you get the atmospheric difference between the elevated mountains and the uh you know the dunes that the girl is sitting on the dunes are very warm. I mean like cinematically warm. And and that I, I thought about this carefully before I came up with this description. Cinematic is the, the word that I'm thinking of here. There is a breadth and depth to this shot that is cinematic. And then those those warm yellow tones in the sand dunes and even on her are awesome. The ridges of the dune go back away from you as leading lines, right? shadows on the left because again i mentioned the sun's on the right shadows on the left but still detail warm sun on the right and in the foreground at the lower left rule of third there is a lady sitting in this beautiful dress with you know a, a hat on her head that's like one of those big straw type hats she's got a bag she's got a camera her body is actually turned at the, at the waist, her knees are facing the sun. So knees are facing frame right. Her bodice area is turned almost towards the camera, which is much more flattering for her. Her left arm is up at a 90 degree angle holding the brim of her hat, right? Um, everything about this shot and where she intersects the dunes with the S curve of the dunes going back is spot on for those. She almost is like an anchor point on a map with the leading lines taking you into the distance
1: as though you were gonna hike. How'd I do? You did fantastic. I, I, uh, you know, I, well, this is being recorded, so I think I could use that the next time <laughs> I'm yeah. writing about that. But I would just say two things. Uh, thank you uh, for that excellent description. Uh, I would say about this shot that if I went there with Nicole Kidman and 37 makeup artists uh, for a week, at the same time of year, I wouldn't get as good a shot. This is what I call a, a dumb luck shot because everything, Steve and your listeners, everything came together. We went there. We Actually, we went there the, the night before with my friend Hal Schmidt, and we, he has an app that uh, drops waypoints. So we're right. looking okay. for the best spot. To place the model, so we go there the night before, the, and we go, we drop the points and going up the stand. I don't know if you did. You ever climb up the uh, sand dunes at them? I have sand climbed du- up the
0: sand dunes before. Yeah.
1: Well, you know that it's not easy to do. Right. Actually, one guy. I don't know if we're going to show the picture later. He had snowshoes because he thought it would make it <laughs> easier to get up the sand dunes. So anyway, I've
0: got that picture up of. It, it, there's a big wide angle for the again for those on audio. It's part of the reason a lot of times I try and show only one picture because if you're on audio, this gets confusing. So I'm only going to show three today, but. But this one is like way down a sand dune and you see four people way up. You know what this shot does? It just hit me. I just realized how small they
1: are. It gives you perspective of the size of these dunes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So anyway, we we'd go there, then we go there the next morning in the pitch dark. We have the headlamps on and we're just waiting for the sun to come up. So a couple of salmonisms that apply to this. Or are we gonna go through them? Should yeah i'm going
0: t- I'm going to bring up the salmonisms on this shot in a little bit because i've got I've got a bunch, because okay. uh, I analyzed this shot to death, man. yeah, because it's well, a shot I don't think I would ever get, and I wouldn't get well, it for a lot of reasons let's let's start with some technical stuff. Obviously, Canon Explorer of Light this was shot if I'm not mistaken with a five d mark three. Uh, yep uh, twenty four to 105 F4, which is if you've never used that lens, folks, it is first of all, it, it's a super wonderful, nice lens. But it's the perfect range to me in a lens.
1: Well, it's the perfect range. And one of the reasons why I got the shot, now I'm standing behind all the workshop students who are actually writing down the Salmonisms because I want them to get the shots. And one of the guys, the guy with the snowshoe, by the way, had his camera bag in the sand, which is the worst place you could put your (laughs) camera bag. And I'm exaggerating, but he had like 37 lenses in there. Oh, man. I go up there with one lens because I want to shoot light I want to be ready to go. So a tip is uh you know you, you have to be ready you have to you have to be ready to shoot. So travel light is actually uh one, one of my Salmonisms. That was actually one of the keys. So um if you want to talk so, about some more technical stuff I'm happy yeah, to do so- that.
0: Okay, because I just want people, and again, yes, nobody can recreate this shot with the same settings, but for those of you new at photography, if it gives you a baseline to understand what you're looking at, I'm I'm good with that, right? So aperture priority mode. Mm -hmm. So you chose an aperture of F8. Explain Mm -hmm. why you would have chosen F8 for this.
1: Well, because I want to get a lot of the scene in focus. I want her in focus. I want some behind, but I wanted a little bit blur in the background because actually one of my salmonisms is seek separation. So she's separated from the background, not only by the shadows. And we talked about processing before I came on. Uh, and uh, so what I did is I darkened the background so she was separated. But you mentioned the hat. And I think this is one of the Which keys to key this Which sh- is key to this shot. The, key, the hat is one of the keys because, again, that salmonism is seek separation. So she's not just holding her hand on the hat. She's her, her head was getting lost in the creases of the sand dunes. So I said to her, could you please put your you know, your hat down like this. So, you know, your how ha- your face is like, you know, separated oh. from the background. So that's why, and, and speaking of- You kept the sand the, dune from going through her head, through it her, goes through the, the hat. Right, so that was really important. But the other thing is, uh, and this is just so important, I think, the most important part of this picture, I'm just looking at it off to the side, I think is her face. And one of my Salmonisms is that, You know, if you want an interesting portrait, don't light the subject's entire face. And if you, I don't know if your uh, viewers can zoom in on it, but the light—and this is why I can never get the picture again, even with Nicole Kidman—the way the light came up and was reflecting—it's a natural light picture, reflecting off the sand dunes and the diffused light—it just shaped and molded her face in such a beautiful way. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. No, and well, okay, and so let's go a little more technical here. First of all.
0: F8, you're at mm-hmm. ISO 200, makes total mm-hmm. sense here. Uh, One four hundredth, you got to get mm-hmm. your exposure right. 58 mm-hmm. millimeters. And really, you, you touched already on two of the things I think that make a shot like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm guessing this had some forethought to it, right? Some, some planning in advance. But it is the props and the clothes. It's the hat. It's the choice of the dress. Really, I think the dress here, because you don't, it, it's one of those light, thin dresses like a woman would wear if she was out in the desert, but it's not like a dress she would be hiking sand dunes in normally. <laughs> no. So there's a, a juxtaposition there of what she's wearing. But the camera bag, the purse, you know, all of that uh, helps here. Were you, were you thinking, I guess the better question is, how much say or how much choice did yeah. you have in what she had on her?
1: Well, we suggested uh, you know uh, a beautiful setting for the sand dunes, and she picked this. Amanda's okay. her name, and she picked all this. But another Salmonism, it, actually, if I could share two, one is props rock. You know, you mentioned the camera bag, you mentioned the the uh, the bag, you mentioned the dress. So props. You know, if I was sitting there in my in my hoodie right now, you know, it wouldn't look as good. But uh, this is really a, an important Salmonism. Never underestimate the importance of an interesting subject. So you have her. And you have the sand dunes. Again, if this was taken in my backyard right now where, there's no, where, the, where the light's not good and there's no leaves on the trees, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking about this on the show. Well, and here's the thing. But, but salmonisms aside,
0: this shot rocks on standard, regular compositional rules. Horizons at the top rule of third. The girl is on the left bottom corner, rule of third is where she's sitting and she goes up the rule of third, right? You have a ridge going that she's sitting on, going almost full frame across on the actual bottom rule of third. You've got the S line going back for leading lines, which is which is the dune, you know, heading back type thing. Yeah, yeah. Which so let's talk about some of the salmonisms that I think yeah. okay. fit this shot because there's there's a number of them. Dead center is deadly is one of my favorite ones. And yes, before somebody says something, yes, there are times when a centered yeah, shot works. When you have symmetry, well, you're not going to break the symmetry by just going off for the purpose of going off center. But in general, dead center is deadly. This fits that. You mentioned exposed for the highlights. One of the strengths in this shot, however, along with the dead center is deadly one Light illuminates, shadows define. Hit those two for me. The dead center is deadly and the light illuminates one.
1: Sure. As far as a dead center is deadly, when the subject's dead center, your eye gets stuck on the center, Now, I, I, on the subject. Now, I do this, you know, if I'm doing reflections or flowers or whatever, sometimes, or birds, sometimes I put a dead center. But when you place a subject off center, and if the background is interesting, your eye goes around the frame. To see what else is interesting in the frame, rather than getting stuck, so it actually it invo- it uh, creates some viewer participation. So that's really important. Uh, exposing for the highlights is the key. You know, if the highlights, which are the white dress here and some light on her face there, if they're overexposed more than a stop or two, I don't think Scott Kelby could get them back. Well, he probably <laughs> could, doing some <laughs> tricks. But it's really hard. Even shooting raw, so you always want to expose for the highlights, which is why you know I like shooting mirrorless now because you can see in the camera viewfinder exactly what's going on. With uh, my digital SLR, I always had the highlight alert, and I still have the highlight alert set and the histogram activated because I don't want that spike on the right. So I'm always exposing for the highlights. And actually, this this picture could probably illustrate about twenty five Salmonisms.
0: Oh, this this. I, you know, we talked before we did this and, and Rick said, pick the ones you like and we'll talk about yeah. those. And I went through and it's like, okay, it meets that one. Okay, it meets that one. Okay, it meets that one. Don't take pictures, make pictures. This is the perfect yeah. example of this uh, Salmonism because you took the time to make sure the props were there. You put her in the right spot. You composed it properly. You were aware of the background, which is another Salmonism. Be aware of the background. Um, and in fact, be aware of the background ties into why you put her hand to pull the hat down.
1: It was key. It was key. And the thing that when we're making a picture, uh, Steve, and again, your, your listeners, we have to realize that when we're in a scene like this, in a situation like this, you you could be, if you have the mindset, you could be like Francis Ford Coppola, a director. What's he going to do? Just go and and say the model, you know, go there and shoot. No, he's going to direct it. So I, I encourage people to become directors. Because when you become directors, you're you're making the picture and it just makes it so much more fun. And you know, a lot of people, different people were directing on, and I suggest on the workshop direct. So some people had her standing up, some people had her looking back or whatever. And this was just my favorite shot, which we got so shortly after sunrise and then the light got got cold, uh, meaning cool, meaning, you know, not warm, like you said before. Well, so
0: well, and one of the Salmonisms that you have, I, mean, I could go on with these for days. I mean, there's 52 of them, yes, but it's not even that. They're in my head, right? They're like these mm-hmm. little ear, earworms that I hear. See the light, which you've done here with the, the, the way it's lit. Find your focus. We talked about why you chose F8, because mm-hmm. you wanted her, you wanted that background mm-hmm. to fall off. But then here's one that I don't know most people would look at and go, oh, that's in that shot, mm-hmm. but completely is to me. Normally used in wildlife photography, this particular concept. Go for gesture. Gesture is, is the key. Just like, Explain, you know, I... for those that don't understand it, because again, normally referred to in wildlife, but this is a portrait. And I think this shot completely fits that salmonism. Explain, go for gesture. Or gesture well, in, in general, I guess.
1: You well, know. you just a gesture for the people who are watching it, you know, because you're moving your hands around and you cupped your hands like this very eloquently. And you say to me a, a couple of times, you know, you're, po- you're pointing, you know, you're di- directing into the, into the camera. This is gesture, the way we hold our body, the way we move our hands, the way we hold our face. So, you know, in gesture, it could, it, well, wildlife photography, as you mentioned, it could be, you know, two lions, you know, fighting with their, with their mouths open rather than just them sitting around. So, so gesture, you know, Jay Mazel of Photoshop World, uh, actually, the, I think it was about 10 years ago. That's the first time I heard him talk about that. And I think he has a, the title of his book is Light, Gesture, and Color. Maybe not in that order, but it's Jay Mazel. I don't know if you could put that in the show notes, but it's it has light, gesture, and color. I think that's the name. Anyway, he talks about the importance of gesture. And when I pick a wildlife shot and when I pick a, a people shot, it's the gesture. So it's a gesture of her, you know, you mentioned the way her body is turned. That's gesture, the way uh, she's holding her hat, the way she's holding the camera bag. So all this, all this is uh, is gesture right? So if she was just sitting there, you know, with her arms folded, you know, looking out into the sunrise, you know, it'd be it would be pretty boring. And so you, you want to think about that. And when, again, when you look at movies and uh, famous movie scenes, uh, I, just what comes to mind is uh, Orson Welles in Citizen Kane, where he's like giving a speech, right. and the camera's down a little lower, and he's like giving this. He's so powerful. And again, if he would just sit and slouch back in a chair, <laughs> it wouldn't. With a different gesture, it wouldn't have the same impact.
0: Well, and, you know, to me, we already talked about, you know, putting the hand up and pulling, not just putting the hand up for pose, yeah. pulling the brim down a little bit, but the other hand, too, clear thought given to hand position, right? Posing the hands. I, I saw a dance shot on one of the critique shows the other day that I did with Don, and it was really interesting in that it was a great shot. Except the hands, and, and okay, it may have been an official dance move, again, before somebody says something. And when you're photographing a dancer, yeah, right. if they're doing, you know, Bollywood, you want to make sure the hands are perfect and exact. But, okay, the angle then that you chose to display and capture and freeze in time, that hand motion, was not flattering to this beautiful young lady's hands. Whereas in this particular shot, you know, you've got all of that going on. I showed the one behind the scenes shot of climbing up the dune earlier yeah uh, and it's on screen now in fact too this kind of gives perspective but this behind the scenes shot brings reality to it so this is the model it's clearly cooler outside than you would think based on the light <laughs> yeah there is no in this behind the scenes shot sense of that warmth it's this is what you picture sand dune color right this is sand She's in a dress doing her makeup with everything sitting in the sand and some people far, far away. This is the environment that turned into that. And that to me is fascinating. And I said to you in the green room, meaning before we recorded, (laughs) that your post-processing is one of the things that I don't think people talk about enough with Rick Salmon because you do have a real sense of. Of, uh, I guess, really, temperature. What I see in a lot of your shots is this sense of like you'll use, I know for a fact, bicolor filters to keep a mm-hmm. sky cool but a, a ground warm. You have this sense hair. of temperature. Mm-hmm. What did you do in this shot to turn that sand color, yeah. like looks like beach sand, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. a light tan into this warm, but yet natural, right? It's not. It's not unnatural. This natural warmth.
1: Well, before I get to that, just getting back to gesture for one second. I love all your rock star shots, and you know the guys in the air and this and that. And you're picking your shots based on gesture. Yes. So I yeah. encourage people to look at your rock star, your music shots because uh, you know you're, you're a master at capturing gesture. Thank you. Sir. Gesture. Thank you. So getting back to that picture of her putting on the makeup was taken before the sun came up, so the light is cool. And so we're waiting, we're waiting. we don't want to shoot in that kind of light. but I on that note, I recommend I recommend to your uh, uh listeners and viewers to take behind the scene shots because they help to tell the story and that's what I was trying to do there. so anyway, that was before so when the sun came up, the light it was a lot warmer, so that, that brown that like gray sand it did become that golden color. But I'm a travel photographer. And I like, you know, warm pictures, warmer pictures, pictures that look as though they were taken in the early morning, late afternoon, even if they weren't. I like to, I like to warm them up. And for, when we used to shoot slide film, we had warming filters, 81A and 81B, you know, filters that we put on our cameras to warm them up. So I'm warming them up a lot, but I did use a gradual filter there because the sky was white oh. in the back because the sun had just come up. So the sun had just come up, so there wasn't a lot of color in the sky, but there was some light fall off. So I used the Nick Color Effects Pro, and I used that gradual filter. And with that gradual filter, you can move it up and down, and you could uh, change the uh, the blend mode. So that's how I made. That's how I got the blue sky.
0: Okay. So let me understand this. Then you get back from this shoot. You're Mm -hmm. Lightroom user, I'm assuming.
1: Uh, I teach Lightroom because I know how to use it, but I I would say I always use Photoshop whenever I'm working by myself. Okay, but you so could you use go into Photoshop. and, and you, you have you have these. You can, you don't have to get a plug-in. You could use these gradual filters in Lightroom. So, but you bring this shot into a Photoshop. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you mentioned Nick Color Effects Pro, which for those that aren't using it today, DxO rescued it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had
0: been broken. In Photoshop, really. They <laughs> rescued it. They're on version two or three now, and I still swear by it. I I love uh, in-color effects pro. They mm-hmm. have one of the options is pro contrast, which is a filter that I absolutely Amazing. love. I can work on contrast on an image for an hour and go, it's just not right. I know. And I take it in and do pro contrast, a little bit of cast, color cast removal, a little bit of contrast, a little bit of... And I'm like... That took three minutes, and it's better than I did
1: in an hour. It's shocking. So what you're you're saying is you select the preset, and then you fine-tune it to your liking, which is what it's really cool about. I start with a
0: recipe, and then I add a pinch. Mm -hmm. Right? That's really all it it. is, is I start with a recipe, and I add a pinch.
1: So anything else that you would have done to this shot that we should know about? Well, actually, you mentioned Nick. I did take out some of the reality from the scene. I used in the Nicol, Color FX Pro, there's a filter called Duplex. And Duplex, it's kind of like uh, a soft focus filter. It's kind okay. of like a soft, but you could also change the tone of the picture. So I picked a warm tone. Try it. Try it. Uh, I don't I, know I, if it you know, worked. I have never, I don't know that I've ever even clicked Duplex. I'm, I'm sure so I have. It, so it gave it like a soft glow. He gave it a soft glow with a warm tone. Uh, and I also lightened her face like just just a little bit. So, How would you have lightened bit- her face? Dodging and burning or what? Well, that's the easy way to say it. But um, the best way to do it is actually to make an adjustment layer and then to use curves because that protects the highlights and the shadows and... Uh, well, there's something more, but I just say use curves and then just mask in and mask out the part you want. But you could do the same thing with, with dodging and okay. burning. But uh, you know, we we have to think about the end result. So when I shot there, I said, I'm gonna make the sky blue. I'm gonna make those sand dunes a little warmer. Uh, yeah, it works. It so, so
0: works. I like what you were saying about the curves. I usually do, you know, a, a layer on top, fill it with 50% gray. Yep. And then you can use a black or white brush to lighten or, or darken. And again, non, it's a way to do it non-destructively, but I'm a fan of curves because of the, the granularity of control that you've got uh, with
1: curves. Amazing. Absolutely amazing but work. And On that note, if I may. Yeah. So I do it one way, you do it another way, and dodging and burning is another way. So there's a joke about Photoshop instructors. How many Photoshop instructors does it take to change a light bulb? One. And ninety nine others to show you his or her own technique, yeah, <laughs> right. Because yes. there's a million ways to, and it doesn't matter as long as you get to the same place. Well, and what's funny is
0: that's been in existence forever, yeah. right? I mean, computers have almost since we've known the the personal computer, you've been able to go to edit menu, cut, edit menu, paste, edit menu, copy, yeah, yeah, and command C, command X, command <laughs> yep. V, or control, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Th- there's been multiple ways when I used to teach computers for a company called Executrain that was one of the things was quite often there's 3 4 ways to do something pick whichever one works for your mind right it's yeah. not a correct or incorrect it's how does your mind work it's the reason some people like Capture One versus Lightroom let's be honest right. they both kind of do the same thing you can argue all day that Capture One or whatever has a better raw engine okay that's valid yeah. but in reality It's the same reason when people used Aperture uh, uh, Aperture from Apple before they canceled it. It's because their mind wrapped around it easier. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So I have a question for you before we finish up. Yep. And in all the times you've been on this show, like 342, something like that. Okay. Okay. I've never asked you this because I just started it kind of last year, but I I ask every guest this and I I intentionally, so my apologies in advance. I do not warn them ahead of time. I'm going to ask this because I kind of want it to be off the cuff. Okay. Who is a photographer or artist that you think people should know about? They may know already or they may not, but that you really think, you know, you've got to go look this person up
1: and look at their work. Do you ever hear of John Isaac? It's a great question. Uh, do you ever hear of John Isaac? No, I have not. How much time do I have to tell you about John Isaac? Like tell me. A couple me. of Go. minutes? Okay, John Isaac. I've known him for <clears throat> uh, probably 35 or 40 years. He, I, I met him when I was doing the PR for Minolta cameras back in the 80s. And he was a Minolta photographer back then, and uh, I don't know what he's using today. But anyway, so we got to be good friends. He was a, a, a staff photographer at the United Nations. I love telling this story. He was a staff photographer at the United Nations. So I became good friends, and he had amazing pictures. He would go all around the world and photograph different cultures. You know, this is one of the, He's one of the reasons why I'm a photographer today. I wanted to be more like John Isaac, I S A A C John Isaac. So anyway, he goes to Africa, and he's working with uh, Anne Bancroft, who was who a famous movie star. Yep, famous actress. Uh, he, fam- famous actress, right? And he was going to Biafra with her, trying to raise money and awareness of Biafra. Uh, and he goes there, and there's a famine. And he goes there, and he, see, he sees one too many babies die in the mother's arms. So he comes back. He's totally depressed. He goes to his apartment, which is not – Uh, not far from here, or was not far from here, he puts his cameras away and and he's in his apartment for like a year. And he's not taking pictures, he's not printing, he's not doing anything. So he's sitting in his apartment and the phone rings. Johnny, yes, it's Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson calls him up and saw some of his work on a poster and says, Johnny, I'd like you to be my personal photographer. I'd like you to photograph the birth of my babies, my baby. And I'd like to, as a music photographer, Steve, you'd like the story. Well, you like part of it. Uh, He says, I'd like you to follow me on my world tour and photograph me on stage and playing for a year. Yes, please. So he goes- so he's, John is sitting in his apartment. Michael Jackson calls him. So he's off. He photographs the baby. And you could do a search or I could try to find it. Uh, John Isaac photographing Michael Jackson. So it shows John Isaac on the concert where Michael Jackson is like uh, dancing around. Well, and his website, if I'm not mistaken,
0: is johnisaac.com. It's J-O-H-N-I-S-A-A-C.com. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he goes. But the thing is, he he went to so many concerts. And do you wear earplugs? Oh, yes. I have custom molded earplugs. John didn't wear them. So oh. his hearing's not so great today. So I think you would recommend to every music photographer yeah, that protection. you must wear them. But he is uh, such an amazing instructor. You should have him, You might want to have him on the show. He's an amazing instructor, amazing photographer, a genuine person. And he's India- and he came here, you do remember the Ted Mack Amateur Hour from yeah. the 60s? It, it, mm-hmm. Okay. John came here with like $5 in his pocket, and a guitar, and he goes on Ted Mack, and he's like, this guy from India, and he's yodeling. This is all true. And you could do a search on YouTube and find this, John Isaac Yodeling, and somehow is or be- other, somehow, no, he would make a great guest. Uh, so anyway, he, he somehow or other he gets a job developing film at the UN or being an usher, I forget. Then he becomes a UN photo- staff photographer. So I think the uh, message to, to the listeners is, you know, you know, never give up and you know, always, always be aware. I mean, I wish, you know, like you just said, if Michael Jackson, well, <laughs> called you up when he was alive. How cool would that be? So anyway, thanks for asking. I, I would say if I could pick one, but Jonathan Scott, I think, is going to be on your show So Jonathan
0: Scott, I just confirmed, uh, I'm recording two days after this one, actually. So uh, I'm super excited about that. If you don't know Jonathan Scott, it's the bigcatpeople.com, uh, the big cat man, uh, him and Angela. And I'm just having Jonathan on talking about a picture he did called Scarface that yeah. is insanely good. It's, it's a lion. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, one is already pretty much scheduled. It'll be the first episode probably in February because they've got a Kickstarter and I want to make sure that I tie it in with their Kickstarter when I release it. But yeah, excited for that. So the links that Rick mentioned, the photographer that he mentioned, uh, all of that t- stuff will be in the blog post for this which is at behindtheshot.tv. Like with every episode, go to behindtheshot.tv, find this episode. Links are at the bottom, a little blurb that I wrote about Rick. Photos, the photo that we talked about today, the behind the scenes photos, a little small gallery of Rick's work. I've been putting up lower thirds. If you watch the video, you will have seen uh, Rick's contact information. But for those people who don't know it, what's
1: your website? It's just ricksalmon.com. But before I go, I have to share one more Salmonism. Do it, do it. Yeah. One of my favorites is that the camera looks both ways. And in picturing the subject, you're also picturing a part of yourself. And you make this so easy. And this really applies, I think, to, you know, everything, you know, all your interviews, you know, you're there, you're making it easy. So the microphone hears both ways, the camera looks both ways. And I think that's really, I really think that, uh, you know, you do a great job. I always love coming on the show. And I know all the guests. I have been friends with Rick
0: for, for a number of years now and there's times that we'll just send emails back and forth just for fun uh or text each other just for fun because good humans are hard to find and and uh i miss seeing you in person please do tell susan hello by the way folks if you if you do not know rick's wife susan i mention this every time and i think i mentioned it in the blog <laughs> post that i wrote you know the old saying behind every great man is is yeah. a better woman uh she is an amazing photographer, and she doesn't use all the expensive gear. She uses a phone. It's like Scott's she's wife, Calibra. Same thing. She's am- what these ladies people. do with a phone will never cease to amaze me. Uh, well, Susan just got the new one with the wide-angle lens. It's amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And the truth is, any phone today takes amazing yeah. pictures in the right light. So ricksalmon.com. Facebook and Instagram, Rick Salmon Photography. Twitter mm-hmm. is just Rick ricksalmon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, again, Rick as always. Thank you so much for being here man. I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. You're the best. But I've told you that many times. Yeah,
0: you you <laughs> yeah. I the check is in the mail, my friend. The check is okay. in the mail. So, for everybody, make sure that you go check out Rick's stuff. He does workshops when the world stops ending. He will probably start doing workshops again. He's got online classes, over 20 of them at kelby1 and that's kelby1.com. Uh he's got a great blog uh, with a ton of great content on the blog. So go check that stuff out for me. I do want to once again, remind you Princeton photo slash remote. I think it is slash action. It's going to come up as a lower third. So you'll see it there. Make sure that you go check that out. And if you're interested, I hope to see you in the workshop. It's April, 2021, three consecutive weeks, and, uh, it's going to be 90 minutes, roughly uh, each particular week, who knows if I go late, I've got a lot of stuff lined up. It's the challenges of low light action photography. Also, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, please make sure that you head down, click the subscribe button, click the bell, choose all that way, you know, when I do the critique shows or release a new episode, the critique shows with Don Komarechka only air on YouTube. And if you want to participate in those, go to Flickr, still one of the best places to display your photos in high quality, actually, which is why we chose it. Uh, You can do a free account at Flickr, but pay if you like the service and join the Behind the Shot group on Flickr, submit your images, participate in the community, have fun. If you want your images considered for the critique shows, the Behind the Shot critique shows that Don Komarechka and I do once a month, then it's simple. Add your pictures to the Behind the Shot group Tag them with BTS critique, all one word, no quotes. It's not a hashtag ticker, uh, ticker Flickr actually has a tagging system, which turned into ticker, believe it or not. So uh, use a Flickr tag of BTS critique, and that'll get you set up. And to everybody that's been participating in those, thank you. To those of you that watch Behind the Shot, I can't say it enough. Thank you very, very much. My name is Steve Brazel, and as always, your support, your kindness throughout this past 2020 year has been very, very welcome. To all of you, I hope that you have a great new year, and please, we will see you on the next show, I hope.